Mate, we covered three states today. Yeah, we did. And the thing that I took out of it is that the the Brisbane Carnival is really starting to heat up. Yeah. That's all, that's all I really care about, let's be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And in probably the feature race of the day, um, full credit to the sponsors of that race as well. Um, but I think I've found one of the great get-out-of-the-casino bets of all time, and you'll actually be able to see that on my Ned's profile this weekend as well. Yes, uh, the Ned's profile is great, mate. Um you know, if you want to follow us in, if you followed uh, us in last week, you would have found a couple that's for sure. Maybe you find some more this week at some value, but uh, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. But still, you can do everything else with the Neds app. You can get weird and exotic as well with the Neds same race multi. And, you know, there's no one else I'd rather bet with heading into the Brisbane Winter Carnival. Well, they also have a black book feature there, so you can black book ones for these prep runs into their grand finals. They have the futures markets there. You can do all that good stuff mm-hmm. with the good people at Neds. Mm-hmm. Damn right. But what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. On the Drift Podcast. G'day, champ. I was looking for some winners. Sure thing. Please hold. Moses won the 10,000 from Paul Lely. Away goes Anna in the Rose Hill Guinea. But Home Affairs has made a mess of them. Coming through is Fireburn with a big run off the fence. I'm thunderstruck, went boom over the top. Nature Strip clings on. He's king of the mountain this time. Thanks for waiting. No guarantees, but we'll see what we can do. Ah, sounds about right. Mate, let's not, let's not muck around here. It's silly season. We have a lot of things on our plate. I just said to you, mate, I am busy. I'm a busy boy. Mm. Uh, busier than a one-armed you-know-what. Um, <laughs> in these current build- times, that's well played. Yeah. <laughs> building a stadium in Qatar in preparation for the <laughs> Soccer World Cup. Oh, geez. Um, the stories out of there are... Uh, How much for a- Alarm... Actually, genuinely alarming. How much is it for for like a pie and a and a beer, mate? Way too much. Yeah. It, it, once it once it gets gets past like, I don't know. Let's call it twenty dollars for a schooner of gold, mm. and similar price for like a pie or just like basic stadium food. Once it starts getting past that price, come on. What are we doing? It's here? it's irrelevant, mate. How much it costs? Because it's too fucking much. Yeah, fifty bucks for a beer. Come on, please. Uh, you know, I'd be outraged with those prices. Big John. Big John would be furious. <laughs> Big John. Shout out to Big John and shout out to TikTok for, you know, getting us to our first uh, 100K view video. Uh, it's basically Jonesy uh, reacting to a random TikTok, which I'm going to bring back this week as well because people, mate, people were loving your reaction. Yeah, which is bizarre because, like, I feel like my reaction was not anything spectacular. It wasn't overplayed. And nor was it understated. It was the reaction was the reaction. It was genuine. Uh, Big John has a lot on his plate, just like we do. Silly season, full swing. I was just mm. talking to you about the fact that yeah. you know um, lots on at work, but then you know there's a lot of clients. There's a lot of things going on where they're like, you know what, Christmas is in sight. Yeah, and it's been a busy year for everyone. So I feel like the silly season has probably started a couple of weeks earlier. Yes. Yeah, so if I'm looking at our metaphorical plate of Chinese. That Big John's plate, uh, played it up for us. Yeah. Like we have silly season on one side. We have last week's racing on the other that we have to cover. We have this week's TikTok. We have Big John in the back of our minds as well. 
And I also have just a general chit-chat about your daily routine, which I want to bring to you as well. But okay. I'm excited. Mate. All right. Like we've, like we've said multiple times on the podcast, <laughs> the brains, the beauty. Yeah. Or the brawn. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. You're jacked, bro. I'm so, I'm so jacked. You're so jacked. Um, Amelia's Jewel and Tricks of the Trade Thoughts. We are a horse racing podcast after all, That's so right, let's, yeah. um, let's um, start with that. Mate, AJ was best of the day and she got the JD. Um, she'll start rival, rightful favourite, you would imagine, of the northerly stakes. And it's hers for the taking. Cascadian's the obvious danger, um, but she's got the ability, mate. I, I thought she was she was great. Um, tricks of the trade. Didn't realise what a lovely story there was behind that horse. Well Please. done well done for finding it. What, fives? Uh, him. Him? Yeah, him. Yeah, gelding, I think, uh, I believe. But please tell us about the story. Um, so the trainer is in his 70s or 80s and the owners are in their 90s. Mm. Um, and it's a relatively new association for the owners and the trainer. Um, but, yeah, lovely story. So the trainer, his son works for him as like the um, uh, stable foreman. His grandson works for him. Um, hasn't won a group one before. Uh, I think won the WA Oaks or something like that years and years ago and claims that was almost like winning a, a group one. Um, so yeah, terrific story. I don't know how much the, the horse costs or anything like that, but, um, the name of the trainer, if you can just jog my memory, uh, Colin Webster, Colin Webster. Yeah. Terrific story, mate. So mm. it was a pretty good win too. It may put him away easy. But I was uh, having a, a charcuterie board uh, with Prue at the time uh, and I was like, look, Dale, I have a two-leg multi and it's a group one, so I'm always going to watch the group one. And during the run, I was like, this could not be going any better. I don't want to be on any other pony in the race and he absolutely put him, all, he put him away. Yeah. Never in doubt. Yeah, it's an easy watch. Like this charcuterie board is delicious. Uh, love. And look, as as you know, I appreciate every second that we get to spend together. But also there's a fucking race on, so hold your horses. <laughs> well, yeah. It's exactly what happened. Also, get me in front of get me in front of a screen right now showing the horses. Or else. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll happily I'll happily go to that wedding that your numb nuts cousin has booked on one of the biggest race race days of the year. <laughs> happily. <laughs> but I'm also going to be that antisocial, decrepit human being yeah. who on my table is going to have his phone up with the races on. Yeah. Mate, it happened to us last year. AFL grand final day. We, yeah. were, we were at a wedding. So what the fuck do you mean we're at a wedding? <laughs> so you know what's going to happen. She's like, no, 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 it's not happening. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, why? It would have been worse if the Lions made it, but they're not that good yet. Um, <laughs> mate. This is what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. What is your typical routine for brushing your teeth? So you get up in the morning. Yeah. Talk me through it. Yeah, get up in the morning. Um, you know, I'll, I think I'll, I'll pretty much get ready. And and before I do like, you know, quick quick sort of moisturizer of the, of the face um, and, you know, like style the hair and, what have you? The first, the first thing on my list. I'm fully dressed. The first thing on my list is is um, brush the peggies. So we're talking like you don't have breakfast, but it's pretty much before you're out the door. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't eat breakfast. Don't. I don't have a coffee until I get to work. Okay. Um, so I pretty much, you know, wake up, shower, get dressed, all that sort of jazz. Mm. Uh, Peggy's Peggy's brushed and go from there. Okay. All right. Why so why is that, mate? Mate, I was listening to a podcast the other day. Uh, just their back catalog: Two Bears, One Cave, Tom Segura, uh, very Bert, funny man, Bert Kreischer, two very funny men, mate. They were talk. They were talking about this, and <laughs> Tom was going like, "Oh." I brush my teeth immediately as I get up. I'm like, oh, I don't think I know anyone that's done that. Like as in first port of call. Yeah, like I wait before you do a wee. Wake up, take a piss, bang. Yeah. Brushing his teeth. I'm like, that's odd. And then Bert in rebuttal, he was like, not only do I, do I wash my teeth every three days, but I wash them with soap. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean? So yeah, let me just clarify firstly. So yeah. you said wash his yeah. teeth. Yeah. Because you wouldn't call that a brush. <laughs> <laughs> just like you you wash your, your nutsack and your and your pits with I'm, with soap. I'm thinking like, like what where did the soap as in like the soap bar of soap that you get that you use to wash your body? Like yeah. hand soap? I reckon it's the hand soap that he's washing with. Surely he's taking the piss. No. Has to be. No, mate. Have you listened to this guy? I have, but one surely. Of the, one of the like most disgusting human beings on this earth. And he, he admits that. He he thinks he's disgusting as well. That that's repulsive. I know. But um I was I was I was uh, I was thinking this as well. Like, have you ever worked with someone or been in close vicinity of someone that just has horrific breath? Oh, plenty of times throughout my life. Like, um, where do you think the worst is? I think it's someone that you sit next to or work in very close vicinity at, at your workplace. Someone you can't get away from. Look, I, I haven't been super, like, I haven't been in this situation in my life where I'm like, fuck, this person has terrible breath and I have to speak to them every day. Like, I come across people who've got bad breath, but, yeah, like, not super noticeable. The thing that gets me is people who, like, eat very loudly. Mm. Like within my vicinity, it's just like our old housemate would have driven you nuts then. Yeah, but like you know, axe was axe, and he 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 did it in. And so I was like, I was prone to that, and I was within that vicinity for like a short period of time mm. every day. Whereas like I used to work with someone who sat opposite me for a time and sat <laughs> next to me for a time, who literally just like when they were chewing gum, it was like a piranha gnawing <laughs> off a gnawing <laughs> off a femur bone. It's just like, mate. Just, just put them, put them away. Yeah, come on, close, close your jobs. Yeah. So, have you got a bad story about bad breath? Oh, just there's one. Just hate it. One of the few things, like one of the things you just despise. Oh, mate, I, I was, I was literally about this person. So it's not my current workplace. Everyone there has minty fresh breath. Yeah, everyone who I work with currently, <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, but this person, who will remain very nameless, um, mate, they just, I was actually googling like how to tell someone that they have horrific, stanky breath. <sighs> I've like, had how, to tell, do you, how do you do it? I've had to tell someone before that they've got bad BO. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, I used to work with them when I was working in a bar and it was just like just lingered around the whole bar. I was just like, mate, you need to wash them pits <laughs> specifically and you need to get some, you need to get some not sponsors, but sponsored, but maybe it could be some Rexona like mm. – Antiperspirant, like 48 mm-hmm. hours, not like Lynx mm-hmm. Africa or Lynx Chocolate, like 
something that smells good is like a you know, it smells good. That's a, that's a debatable thing to say. <laughs> um, you know, something antiperspirant to it to stop you from perspiring mm. too much. Um, yeah, look, the way I approached that conversation was you just fucking tell them, mate. Mm. Sorry, mate, you've got really bad breath. And if their feelings get hurt, it's just like, okay, firstly, don't be such a victim. I'm helping you out. Mm. I'm, I'm helping you out. Mate, it's a long time ago now. So, yeah, you're but it now you're traumatized. Clearly, well, they're probably just stinking up their new workplace. <laughs> I'll tell you who it is after. Do <laughs> <laughs> Um. All right, TikTok that I want to show you this week. Right. When I say ASMR, what do you? What does your mind go to? Um. I don't know what ASMR stands for, but I know it's like you know people. Like making sounds really close to the mic and it's supposed to be relaxing. I, I personally wouldn't be able to stand it, but yeah. Yeah, okay. I have an ASMR video to oh, show you. Fuck. So basically when I think of ASMR, I think of people basically whispering into the microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're, they're going to have listen to this bite and then they crunch into something really crunchy. Yeah. I have yeah. another ASMR video to show you and I think you're going to like it. Okay. The ears, what the fuck? <laughs> Is it weird that I'm horny? <laughs> Is this guy dead? <laughs> Is that why he has his eyes closed? He's just dead. He's on a dead body. Oh. <laughs> what? Is going on? I was thinking, you look a bit stressed, mate. It is silly season. Could I get oh, you a head massage? I'm simultaneously very relaxed and stressed. <laughs> you know what my favourite element of that video was? The gentleman who was giving him the massage, his eyes. Mate. They were popping out of his bloody head. He was so excited. Old mate was on crack cocaine. An old mate who was doing it mm-hmm. was on heroin because he was just a very, very relaxed man. He was just copping it left, right and centre. I'm um, surprised he's not Dumbo after that with his bloody ears. <laughs> yeah, just- so ASMR ma- massages, uh, yay or nay? I'm going to give it I'm gonna give it a strong yay because that was funny. Yeah, okay. If anyone ever tried to do that on me though, that'd be armless. <laughs> Not that I'm, you know, armless. What am I going to do to someone without arms? Hey, do you want me to speak to him? I'll sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> Least intimidating person on planet Earth. So uh, let me get up this video. Uh, shout out to ASMR Relaxing Massage. Shout out to you. Um, I think that video has 800,000 likes. I think it's about 18 million views. So. What's like the level above viral? Uh, like household name, I'd say. Okay. What do you reckon? I'd say pandemic. <laughs> that video is going to pandemic levels. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. It's is it quite, too soon to say the word pandemic? I don't. I don't think it's quite there yet. I think it's at like um, like your C grade celeb 
level. You know? Hey, well, you know, a lot of a lot of people alive today lost their pandemic virginity mm. in the last few years. Mm-hmm. A lot of us mm-hmm. were pandemic virgins, and we all got fucked simultaneously. Yeah, and you know, sometimes that's great. It is what it is. It is what it is. Um, should we talk some Group One horse racing? Yeah, I feel like we probably should talk about horse racing at some point on this podcast. Mate, we have – is it the winter bottom this weekend? Yes. Group 1 sprint, 1,200 metres, and you about half the field, maybe 30% of it. Uh, Eastern Raiders coming across, mate. Now, the fav- or the more favoured runners from the Western Australian runners is Elite Street, who yep. won the race two years ago. I think he might have finished third last year. Where did you land here? <clears throat> Oh, mate, this was tricky. I I like Paul Ailey a lot, just in general. I feel like since his win in the Shalaki, which I was Scalacci. on. Scalacci. Scalacci. <laughs> in the Scalacci, you know, awesome. And from there I was like, that's my Manicato horse. Look, he wasn't going to beat Bella Nipotina that day. We've said it before on the podcast, but – he was disappointing. And then I was sort of hoping for him to come out in the Dali champion sprint. I didn't think he was going to win that. Didn't do particularly well. Maybe he's not just a straight horse. Would I be insane to back him again here when he's drawing the car park? Potentially. <laughs> I potentially would. You're getting some good odds with him though. Mm. $10 with Neds. But I'm just – I'm a bit concerned about Paul Ailey. I feel like they're like the Manicados, the group one we're going to get for him to tick off that – off his CV because he still goes nuts. And we'll, we'll add him to the Dali roster. Mm. I'm like, okay, that failed. Let's just have a throw at the stumps down the straight. Okay, that was very disappointing. Let's bring him across to Perth. Would he be here if he won the Manicato? Probably not. Exactly. So bit of a concern for me for Paul, Paul Ailey. Mm, just don't know. Um, stable mate Volana, why are they running him against Paul Ailey? Because they're like, mm, no, he needs to win a group one as well. Mm. And he's in some serious form. He's got a bit of a weird sort of prep. Started off over 1,300 metres, was great there. Golden Eagle, disappointing. The Hunter was great. Mm. Is he more of a 13, 1,400 metre horse? He was my Stradbroke horse, remember? Mm-hmm. Jeez, that's red hot form, Stradbroke form. It is, isn't it? He can win this. Um, draws a little bit sticky. Jay Carr, finer spot. Mm, midfield, bit forward in midfield. Looks to be pace on. He can win this. He's a red-hot favourite in my mind. What's Rothfire done wrong this prep? He's done absolutely nothing wrong. Done nothing wrong. I was a little bit surprised to see him come up favourite. Yeah, I can see why. Yeah. Mm. Um, but then you look through his prep and you're like, okay, so the big fella won first up mm-hmm. at the Valley. The Maya, you could argue, is a little bit trapped for a run, Bella Nipotina. Second in the Manicato, again, nothing was beating Bella Nipotina that day. And he finished eighth in the Dali Champion Sprint. He's a length off him. Yes. That's pretty good form for this, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Draws a great gate. Ollie, take him going forward. He's He's got to be in the in the final three or four, you'd think, mm-hmm. over the finish line, uh, the first three or four over the finish line. That's where I'm sort of looking. But then I was like, okay, I've got to look at the WA form at least a little bit. And the two for me in WA are Miss Kentucky and this will test you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss Kentucky has been terrific uh, up until last start, but she finished 14th of uh, – she was in the field 14th of 14 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then she started to really sort of come home. 
step up to 1,200 metres will be great for her. Um, and this will test you. Um, ran a huge rating last start. Um, both were lightly weighted last time. You got Stageman, who's carrying top weight, finished like fourth. So, mate, I've tried to dissect a Rubik's cube before mm-hmm. in racing, and it hasn't worked the vast majority of the time. Can you please shed some light on all the bullshit I was just talking about, and let me know where you're leaning? Somebody help me! I'm stuck. <laughs> uh, there's one horse that it spends half his time. Six, he does a six-month uh, internship uh, in Melbourne and he runs against all these horses or pretty much close to it uh, and then he fucks off back home to WA and he always runs better in WA and that's number seven, Red Cam Man. He's the one I'm taking the form references between. If I'm running Red Cam Man in a champion sprint, do I think he gets within a length of Rock and Horse and Nature Strip? No fucking chance. Not a chance in hell. Now, he beat home Elite Street last night, I believe. He certainly did. Mate, I I can't possibly. I can't possibly have any of the locals here. I'm going I'm going for the for the tried and tested form of the Victorians. Valana, I'm happy to risk. As you outlined, I think he's better out to 13, 1,400 metres. Pulele, not one of mine. Just hard to catch. Extremely hard to catch. Yeah, I've had some pretty good luck with Pulele, but in these in the group one races, he just he seems to find one better at the very least. And we saw that in the Kings of Smith and the um, Doom in 10,000. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were the group ones that he needed to win. Yes. Mate, the two horses for me that you have to look at and play around are number one, Rothfire, and number five, The Astrologist. Mm. You have to. Like, both of them are drawn perfectly. Pikey knows Ascot better than anyone, and he's been horrifically out of form. All the yarn is going, oh, Pikey's lost it. He hasn't lost it. Nah, of course he hasn't. Come on. He's just he's just a little bit out of form. Billy Pike. Mate, look at The Astrologist's form, right? He's been, been beaten less than a length in the champion sprint. He was beaten less than three lengths against Private Eye. Last, he's basically just been running in Group One races his last five or six starts. Mm. The knock on him is that he hasn't won for sixty-seven weeks, but he's been racing against arguably our strongest horses. Not the strongest horses here. Nah, like God no. My, I'm between Rothfire and the Astrologist. Rothfire's the better horse. But at the price, I'm thinking I'm going to go to the astrologist, which if if you had told me that a week ago, <laughs> I'd be laughing in your face. But, mate, he's been, he's been fantastic. And maybe he's better suited when he is down the Flemington Strait. Sure. And Rothfire, you could probably bonus him because I don't think he, you know, might have handled the Flemington Strait. But you know what? Why not? The astrologist, Lean Troy Corstens, bang. Let's see. Yeah, fair enough. Um, <coughs> I... Oh, I'm probably leaning more towards Valana over Rothfire. Rothy gets the, the sweet run easy. I can just see him parking up in the top three and then just being strong to the line because he's a tough horse. Um, Valana for me, yeah, he's he's coming back and tripping. It's a bit weird, but he just seems the horse to me who's got the the more upward trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just. I don't know how many times has Godolphin sent something to the winner bottom. And they haven't got the chockies. Like, unlike them, you know, have mm. enough throw at the stumps, you know, 
Glenn Maxwell throws the ball of the stumps enough times. He's going to hit him, right? Yes. If Godolphin does, you'd think they'd hit him. So, okay. yeah, Valana, Valana for me. Uh, Jay Carr on board is a huge tick as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, could – I don't know, drifters, I could change. Do, do I sound like I'm confident? Like if you're following my tips based on what I just said, just go jog on. Come on, man. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it's it's a tough race. So Rothfire or the Astrologist for me, leaning towards the Astrologist just at a better price. So so be it. Mate, any bets for the weekend? Uh, mate, I've just got my best bet. I've, I've got one bet. I wouldn't call it a best bet. Um, two bets in the one race. And that is at Rose Hill, race nine, number six, Najmati. Should get a good track here. Um, she was, abs- you know, one of the horses of the um, – <clears throat> one of the mares, I might say, of the Queensland Carnival. They got beaten by Polisipan, uh last uh, in her last start and she has come out and been – so consistent in Sydney and Melbourne. So um, the other horse I'm very interested to see back, and I'm probably going to have a Quinella between the two, is number one, Bruckner. That was a horse I was going to mention, Bruckner. Hasn't been seen since he ran second to Home Affairs in the Coolmore. Mm-hmm. Um, so extremely keen to see how he's going. Uh, he's got a stallion chain first time, which you love to see. <laughs> So he's still got his nuts of the big fella, but 56 weeks would have to look into why he's had such a long layoff, but we'll see. We will see. Um, yeah, so best of the day for me, and, you know, this is this is just a tried and true recipe, drifters. Um, if you're playing over in the wild, wild west, yeah, Pocky knows what he's doing over there. Bob Peters hasn't had a, had a great carnival so far, nor has he had a great spring carnival. But he's got a horse, race seven, Ascot, number 14, pure devotion, who I reckon gets the chockies. $2.30 with Ned's at the moment. Jeez, you love to see Pikey in those silks. You do, don't you? It just yeah. makes it – there's death taxes and Pikey in the Cerise and what? 100%. She's, um, she's had a, a gap between runs um, when she was resuming. Uh, I thought she was pretty good over 1,800 metres. Um, last start, finishing fourth. She gets out to 2,100 metres here, and I think she'll probably start favourite in the Perth Cup as well because she'll spank him here. So, yeah, pure devotion for me. There you go. You heard it here first. There you go. That's our thoughts on this weekend's racing at Ascot. Mate, you know, it's a nice carnival. It's great. It's good. The good thing is as well, like, what I like about the Ascot Carnival is, you know, it's a Saturday afternoon and, you know, you've had a few bets, you know, mm-hmm. you're having a couple of quiet ones, you're in silly season and then, you know, it's, it's 6.30 and you've still got racing on. Yeah, it's bloody good stuff. It's just good. Well, yeah, that's, that's, their, that's their point of difference, you know. Summertime, mm. it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's another state whose racing just feels like it's been forced upon us. Before the real action starts in the winter carnival up here in Brisbane. Mm. So, you know, Ascot has got a well-deserved place on the calendar. God bless them. Couldn't agree more. All right. Well, if you're having a play, do it with Neds. Do it responsibly. But uh, we'll see you next week for what I think is the last episode of the season. So, yeah, good stuff. Good luck and, and God bless. Hooray.